0: Hello Patreon supporters and welcome to another Out of Bounds special from the Intermillennium Media Project. This is where we talk about movies that because of timing aren't really suitable for m- regular MP podcasts or Millennial Strikes Back episodes, but they're important movies, they're fun movies and we just couldn't resist talking
1: about them. And this is Item the Craft taking over your Patreon feed to bring you this information. <laughs> <laughs> just go into that for a little get that out of the system but yeah I, this is a fun one this one i was almost tempted to make a millennial strikes back oh yeah because this one did have a weird effect on me but it, it it's weird because its timing was a little a little off for me and when i saw it and it wasn't quite enough. And when we had the opportunity to go see it at the Alamo, we just had to.
0: We saw a special Alamo screening of this. They're having a a hindsight twenty twenty series about uh, movies from from the past and revisiting them in in twenty twenty. And the movie that we saw a couple of weeks ago at the Alamo was Hackers.
1: Oh my goodness! Nineteen ninety
0: five movie Hackers. Ah, oh, this movie. It's so dated, but so much fun. I. I love this movie now. It is gloriously stupid. When this movie first came out, I, I didn't really like it very much. It seemed to, it, it, it misrepresented and trivialized, and you know, I was younger and more easy to resent things at the time. It seemed to misrepresent and trivialize the phone freak and cyber culture sort of world that I partly inhabited in the late 80s and early 90s. And you know they're 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 not they're not really accurately representing my people, so I have to resent this movie. Lightening up over the years and watching it again and again, I like it more every time I watch it because it, like I say, it's gloriously stupid. It is fun. No, it's not trying to be accurate any more than the computer wore tennis shoes was accurate to computer science. Oh yeah, but it's a fun adventure movie.
1: This is a this is a fun parallel in part, and this timing works out great for us because we were already going to be doing the computer. And then we're doing this. So it lines up well.
0: That's right. It's Kids and Computers, the 1969 version and the 1995 version.
1: Mm-hmm. Which, ironically enough, is also the year that the uh, Disney remake on TV of the Computer War Tennis Shoes came out. Oh, is that right?
0: Because, you know, there's as much time between, a, within a year, as much time between the release of the Computer War Tennis Shoes and the release of Hackers as from the release of Hackers to today.
1: Oh my goodness, that's freaky. That is highly freaky. Yep. But it is a fun movie and it took me a little bit to realize it too, but I do not think of the Hackers as a as a straight action movie or a straight like thematic movie like that. It is highly similar to me to a Boz Lerman film. It's actually kind of like Moulin Rouge or Romeo Plus Juliet because it is this highly perspectivized and the edges between the reality of the movie and the Externalization of the inner thoughts of our primary character are very, very blurred. And it's blurred in this exaggeration of the interest of our character in his, in his world and this freneticism of editing. They are highly similar to me in that.
0: I, I like that. That connection, that, that comparison to Bos Lerman movies, you're right. It's heavily stylized, and it's stylized for the purpose of generating a feeling. That has a certain truth to it. That's Bos Lerman at his best, and you're right. That's uh, that's this movie. What this movie is trying to do, it creates a certain feeling, and I have to admit,
1: it kind of gets that feeling right. Yeah, there's something about that. You feel like you are. It's got the drama to it, and there's this tension. The hacking scenes are all ridiculous. But it's all, everyone's getting this unique visual representation and identity and style, and then it's popping up wherever they're working on it. Because you can literally tell which character is hacking into what, because this strange graphical UI aspect that pops up for them to interact with and their machine looks a specific way and is doing a thing. There's almost Power Rangers color coding at times in terms of the way people do stuff. But it gives that feeling of having gotten in, even if it's not visually representational of any of thing of how these systems would work.
0: And nobody would have admitted it at the time. But the feeling that it creates is kind of what people sort of that's kind of how we imagined ourselves running around on our, you know, our dial up computer bulletin boards with our hacker handles and you know, taking on the, the systems and things, and it's uh, you know, I, on, the, on the margins of that at best. But it's it's sort of yeah, this is what we imagined it's supposed to feel like, and it was kind of cool. So yeah, there's a certain truth to that. And no, I'm not going to tell you what my uh, my my handle was from the late '80s.
1: Oh, no. come on. Hey,
0: you know, I don't know that the statute of limitations is up on all those <laughs> unlicensed uh, quantum leap screen grabs. I'm not going to go do time for that.
1: Oh, goodness. You heard it here first, people. But yeah, this is this is such a stylistic movie. It has it, it's got a very linear plot in many ways, although honestly, the the starting is very abrupt. What with our character, like immediately being charged with multiple severe crimes and being not allowed to touch a computer, although, of course, he is immediately, immediately amazingly good once he gets his computer back. He has apparently been able to keep up with what's going on in a way that I think would be outside of the, what the, the flavor and the intent of the legal proceeding was.
0: Right. He's convicted at, like, age 11 yeah. of hacking the, the DOD or the NSA or, or various other three-letter agencies. And, like you say, forbidden to use a computer or a touch-tone phone until his 18th birthday. And yet his skills are very much intact and up-to-date when the evening of his 18th birthday comes along, and he dives right back in.
1: I guess they can't keep him from getting um, manuals and books? I guess. Uh, and although- that, that was a
0: lot of um, of hacking at the time was about exchanging text files, exchanging manuals and reading them. Mm-hmm. It was a lot, lot drier than this movie would suggest. But that would make sense. You'd, you don't have to touch a computer if you have a friend who can print you out some manuals.
1: I would love to see, I would have loved to see the, the giant bookcase full of, uh, of bound and wire bound books he has in order to make that work. But the, the stylistic aspect of that means that there's a lot more posters and skateboards and bright colors everywhere instead of the books themselves. Right. And a lot of skate ramps. Yeah. A lot of skate ramps.
0: So our main character who is, um, who is this, this, genius hacker kid and we revisit him on his 18th birthday that's uh dade murphy uh his previous hacker handle was zero cool (laughs) and when he's 18 and he needs a a, a new hacker handle as he's getting back into the scene he almost uses zero cool again but he switches to crash override and it's you know it's a pretty good cast that we've got here too we've got um johnny lee miller playing dade murphy And Johnny Lee Miller, he goes on later to play the uh, modern-day Sherlock Holmes on CBS. He is excellent. We've got Matthew Lilliard, who goes on to play Shaggy and some surprisingly creepy bad guys on TV shows like Bosch. Yeah. We've got Angelina Jolie, who goes on to be Angelina Jolie. (laughs) That's
1: just a a category in and of itself. Oh,
0: yeah. It's our our own thing. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty impressive cast. And that's just the
1: start. A lot of great uh, supporting actors, too. Oh, yeah. There's, there's just a lot to this movie that is, it couldn't have been made at a different time, both in terms of the cast you were able to get for what you're doing, and the, the distance between what it's showing and what it's going into. Yeah. It, like, it, this, is, this, is, this is a movie that only could have happened when it happened.
0: Like most movies of this general sort, it is being made after the true peak of the culture that it's trying to represent because it's had enough time to get into the uh the, the mainstream awareness but but still and and that's why it seemed not very palatable at the time to some people but like I say the more I watch it with some distance the more I enjoy it
1: yeah and the story has the a friend trying to prove himself gets some information that actually turns out to be proof of someone else's wrongdoing on a computer system for a big international oil company it shows the the
0: in-house cybersecurity guy for this oil company is the real black hat hacker who is siphoning money off of accounts and putting in this potentially deadly and environmentally catastrophic computer virus that affects oil tankers as a smokescreen to help hide the fact that he's doing this. And uh, and it's, it's our our young hackers who their only crime is curiosity, as the poster states. They're the ones who discover it accidentally figure out what's really going on thanks to their skill and intelligence and figure out a way to in spite of the authorities save the day and
1: my goodness this movie shows a lot of free time on the on the uh the police's side to harass and uh detain these these hackers yeah i kind
0: of get the impression that these are secret service agents who are approaching retirement in some cases and who um Really aren't given anything better to do, yeah, there's like some of the young secret service agents who think all the hackery stuff is cool, but they want to be on the side of the law. There's the old guys who really don't understand any of this, and they're just stuck in this by their by their uh their secret service superiors, and yeah they're no match for the the heroes
1: because the heroes are going around you know hiding floppy disks and uh connecting l- spray painted laptops to uh pay phones, which are everywhere and uh hacking into the systems from there and oh my goodness
0: i do kind of hope I, I haven't been able to find one but i want there to be a website out there that goes through all of the gadgets that we see in the movie hackers because it is a, a really cool collection of both old old laptops and somebody's got a, a private eye heads up display and all the different modems they use and you know they talk rapturously about modem speeds and Active matrix laptop displays and all this stuff that I remember really being excited (laughs) about this stuff. And it it, it really does bring back memories in that sense. Oh, goodness. And it also shows the culture as being a culture of connections and friendship. It's almost as if, and, and not almost as if, sometimes it's explicit in the movie. It's a culture with a lot of trappings and people gatekeeping and wanting to know what cool hacks people pulled off and people who don't really get it thinking that that's what's important and yet really it's a culture of friendship like any decent story it's about friends supporting one another they're doing a lot of this they're they're clueless guy who thinks he has to do some huge hack to prove himself and earn a hacker handle and all this stuff he's the one who accidentally discovers the evidence of this computer crime happening in house everybody else is banding together to help him and some of them go down during this process and now they they have more people to help but it really is about friends coming together to to save their other friends, eventually to save the the, the world too, or to save the environment. Yeah. Is the, this uh, is keep-
1: a weird weirdly ecological movie. This is kind of Captain Planity for our people, saving the oceans from multiple oil tankers being sunk.
0: Yeah, you start capsizing oil tankers. That's bad for the people on board. That's bad for any place where this oil is spilling. This is about the the people and the interactions and that's good. Right. And that's that's where it's at its best. Mm-hmm. And and that's also where the acting comes in. In that you've got a Dade Murphy, a Crash Override, and you've got Angelina Jolie, an Acid Burn, who's like the best hacker anybody's ever met until they meet Crash Override, and these are they're they're kind of fairly evenly matched. And it's very much the classic Hollywood formula of these are two people at the top of their field, and they're immediately at odds with one another, and they. They don't admit or recognize how into each other they are until far after everybody around them has realized how into each other they are.
1: Oh, yeah. The, the immediate use of the, of the shipping tag of crash and burn for the two of them is fun. <laughs> yes. And, and, and also, I love the parallel moment where we get uh, each of them winding up thinking about the other. and one of, He wakes up and goes, oh, my goodness. And, like, I can't be doing that already. And then we get later a scene of her wakes up. Oh! Yeah, <laughs> goes back to bed. Yeah, they're both having dreams about the other, and that's like they're having fun with this. This is the stylism coming in. This is a romance movie as much as it is an action movie in a weird way. In that sense, in a fun way, I think it's more connected
0: to movies like uh, what was it, The Front Page or His Gal Friday? What yeah. did we watched recently. Actually, Some of those yeah, it classic is, movies. You know, two what? It, smart people butting heads and it it falling is, in fr- love. It
1: is remarkably His Gal Friday at times. So right down to the very quick talking back and forth and uh, people who know their thing being able to outwit each other and respect that while getting frustrated.
0: And whereas we would get the inside scoop on newspaper culture or a Hollywood version on newspaper culture, here we're getting a Hollywood version of hacker culture.
1: hmm And I, I like that. That works pretty well. And I just, I just have fun because this is, as we were describing, this is a movie about the mood the tone it sets. And even if it is cheesy as anything, when you sit down to watch this, you can get into it.
0: It's very much uh, from the heyday of music videos in that sense, in that it's so much about style and so much about the tone that it sets, but not, but, but not in, a, in a bad way, not just in a superficial way, as superficial as it is.
1: It, it, I mean, going to check my phone afterwards felt way more dramatic than it's supposed to. That's what it does to you. <laughs>
0: Yes, it made me want to go dig out old computers and find out what files I had on them.
1: I, we started talking about whether or not you had a USB floppy disk reader when <laughs> on our way home. That says so much about what this movie Ooh, does.
0: Right, and the reason we did was that the Alamo, because this was one of their special kind of movie party <laughs> events, at everybody's place there was a floppy disk with a, a label printed, it was Alamo 1995, and sort of you know, mock handwritten on it was HackThePlanet.exe.
1: Oh goodness! They told us that that's probably gotten. They've it's got nothing on it, but I still have to check.
0: Somebody on Twitter showed me that underneath. I don't know where they were seeing it. I don't think it was in Denver, but underneath that label, it was an AOL floppy.
1: Oh, that's perfect. Repurposed, so that was nice. Oh, that's nice. That's that's pretty good. But this was a fun movie, just in terms of also like you. It's a movie that has what feels like a lot of other world hooks in it. Like you could follow other characters on other stories, either before or after because it builds such a community and world of this over-exaggerated hacker, and this feels like only one story within it.
0: Yeah, I want to know more about Lord Nikon.
1: Yeah. He's
0: kind of a secondary or a supporting character in this group of... um of hackers and he becomes more a more important character later on but he's just introduced later but uh but i want to find more of his story because he seems like a cool guy he's got to have some stories
1: well he's got an entire dj job apparently because he's hired for a party he shows up later he's doing that right he's got an entire small business running we've got uh we learned that uh serial killer who seems like just the out of it guy the hippie guy he's like he starts later on listing off memorization stuff like he's he's really well read. I'm like imagining him turning into a college professor later. Like high level English degree things like that cuz he could do this.
0: Yeah, and that's Matthew Lillard's character, yes.
1: serial killer with a
0: serial with a C. And oh, the his that character's real name is emmanuel Goldstein. Oh goodness. Which is a nod to the nom de print of the uh the founder and editor in chief of 2600 the Hacker Quarterly. Who goes by the name Emmanuel Goldstein, and he goes by the name of Emmanuel Goldstein as a reference to 1984. Emmanuel Goldstein being the enemy of the party, who's the subject of the two-minute hate that we see in uh, in 1984. Oh my goodness! That's so it's references within references,
1: wheels within wheels. But um, this is such a fun movie. I I want to see more of what it's doing. It it has story to it that could continue on, and that's fun because it. It, it means that once it gets you into a mode, it gives you an entire little world that you could run around in.
0: Right. And we've got the one character, the second guy who winds up in jail. I think his handle is just Freak, which is kind of a lame handle. Yeah. It represents he's the phone freak, but he introduced himself. He's the king of 9X. Well, that's pretty cool. You know, 9X being the baby bell in the New York and New England at the time. There's got to be some stories about earning a title like that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's got to be something the fact that they're all here in New York at the time gives it... The city is definitely a character in some ways, with the way they are skating through it at the end and the the dramatic shots of some of the famous buildings.
0: Because like all good hackers, they're also rollerbladers. Yes, that's just That was life in the
1: 1990s. Everybody was on rollerblades all the time. Perpetually, unless you jump cut to being inside a building where you can't. Even then, you can get away with it. Even then. If you're cool
0: (laughs) enough, you can get away with it. If your hair is cool enough. So yeah, we see them roller skating through or rollerblading through Grand Central Station and all these New York landmarks toward the end. After they have, see, they have to, at the end, they have to hack in to the big secure computer in the oil company to prevent the virus from sinking the oil tankers and to get the conclusive evidence of the hack that was being done by the guy on the inside. And of course, that means they have to stop the police from catching them so they take over the New York City traffic light system and uh, and they can roller skate freely around the town, escaping the cops while the massive traffic jam happens in uh, in New York. So we've got a little bit of the Italian job there. Yeah, The Italian job is a you know, precursor to, to hackers in that way.
1: It really is. And you know what? That makes me... Uh, you said Italian job, and I'm thinking there's the, Ita- the original Italian job... He's kind of like that for cars, and then the, actually the remake of Italian Job is a little bit like that for the newer Mini cars. Definitely got a flavor of those. So that's right. I like that. But yeah, this is this is one of those movies that I'm just going to go into it. I want to see a sequel to.
0: Okay, we're going there. Uh, absolutely good with that. So early on, we're we're going to address the. Revive, reboot, or rest in peace. Right, just because I have You're saying revive.
1: I'm saying revive because I've got to break it down a little to be able to explain that, and that gives me a chance to do so. Yeah. There's so much of this movie which is about uh, your group and your place in things and the identity, Mm -hmm. and I want to see them being able to play with that more because there are these other stories that we're talking about could happen in there, but I could also see a a version of it later on. I kind of want to see what would be like, I want to see a story of The kid learning about his parents, uh, his parents having done this parents who went by the name of Crash and Burn. What? And then like (laughs) have have us a version of it, which is a little bit more the the DIY hacker culture that popped up later talking about like with the early Arduino boards and the Raspberry Pi stuff and starting to do that.
0: So you want uh, a second next hackers, the next generation to coin a phrase that's not nobody's ever used that title before. Absolutely not. So you want hackers the next generation about crash override and uh, and acid burn's
1: kids in the kind of digitally augmented maker culture? Yes. That could be such a thing because it gives us a chance to work with that and it gives you a chance to explore more of this and carry this fun style into the later things. Because there's so much of that that could be ramped up and turned up to 11 with the same sort of brush that this does. This one actually, I think, is a lot more stylized at the beginning to get you into that feel. There's a lot of jump cuts and visual effects they add in at the beginning to show you what's going on in his, his mind. When he's first entering the school, there's like all these bits of TV shows that are overlaid with him. And we literally see him hack into a TV station, and there's this robot arm fight that plays all these clips to get you in this mood. And you could almost play this entire movie in reverse where it starts out with this slightly more realistic but actiony intense thing and turns more stylistic as it goes instead Ooh. of starting stylistic like this like hackers does to get you into a mood and then turning into this action adventure with this group that you get used to till by the end it's kind of just a a much more standard foot chase with the the payphones section bit that they're going back and forth on and I think the the ending involves everyone in the police station in a honestly rather bare basic set in some ways mm-hmm. but you could flip that around, give us a bare, basic world that lights up as he learns more and finds his own version of this, get to be able to hear about the stories of these other characters, these friends they'd had that they don't they talk to occasionally but he didn't realize they were all part of this thing that did this group
0: oh so it's like finding the secrets of your parents it's a national treasure sort of oh my dad was into this mysterious stuff back when he was younger and then he put it aside but now we have to reclaim the family's position because the world needs us
1: my dad's this network security guy it's not that interesting wait he did what back in the day oh, oh he's friends with this guy who runs this this pretty big enterprise of computer stores and it turns out it's the friend who first did the hack who turned <laughs> his love of the technology because he's there like petting his computer my baby yeah he cares about his device a little bit more so turning him into this like Not quite Apple Store, but like Micro Center on Popularist Steroids version, where he's got all these things selling uh, gadgets and tech everywhere. Lord Nikon goes off and to the other side and is on the east, uh, is on the west coast doing music production and doing this whole thing. They have a friend who's a college professor. They could kind of spread everyone out. And it's a bit of a get the band back together. It's a bit of a claim your own version of this. I like
0: that. The timing is right. Yeah, Twenty five years later, And they've it's,
1: got kids who are just coming of age, and this is a story that was taking place in the nineteen eighty eight ending of things. It's talking a, kind of about some of that culture that was going on there, right? It's it's it was made in nineteen
0: ninety five, and it really is talking about that nineteen ninety four nineteen ninety five point. Mm-hmm. And as as rapidly as things were changing at that time, there's still a lot of continuity in that phone freak and hacker culture from the very late eighties to the very early nineties. And that's one aspect of this movie is that it really is capturing its its in its stylistic way it is capturing a world that was. Ending because it was really capturing the world that just before there were millions of civilians, for lack of a better term, on the internet. The internet was just being or just had been opened up beyond the National Science Foundation control, with uh, universities and corporations and government agencies being the only things on the internet. The uh the World Wide Web protocols and the mosaic browser, I think, had just been developed, but really they weren't widely known. And Within two years after 1995, it is a totally different world, because everything's moving to the internet, and it's not about hacking the phone system and figuring out what dial-ups you need to get into certain machines. It was it was a different planet. So, yeah, it was capturing that early 90s point of view, and it would be a
1: totally different world when their kids are operating 20 years later. Mm-hmm. But it gives you enough of a perspective that it could be fun to see that happen. It could. And this is a movie that was... A twenty million budget and made seven point two but yeah. it's cult it's become such a cult classic that it's still getting some play and still gets regular like talk about online and such and reference when you right. google it you'll find like a a pretty consistent beat of discussion going on, so I could see it still having some legs that someone would pick up again and work with you know this thing could still run
0: right it's it's become a document that people look to for for nostalgia and for social commentary. In a way that is is much more popular than it was as a piece of entertainment when it first came out. I think it was it was beyond the interest of the vast majority of moviegoers, and it was slightly resented by the moviegoers go- who might have been its target audience.
1: Mm-hmm. In some ways, they went in expecting a, a a lot of people who expected it to be this this documentary of what it was what of what they did were a little too deep in to realize that in order to get the feel of what that meant to them, it had to be shifted to something a little bit more generally readable to everyone else.
0: Right. And goodness, that would have been boring if they (laughs) did an accurate, if they tried to make an accurate narrative action movie about hackers and the way the world really was. I mean, there are some pretty good documentaries, but they're documentaries. You know, there's not going to be anything exciting. You're not going to have people rollerblading away from the cops through Grand Central Station if you were trying to make this a, a naturalistic movie.
1: So I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad we have something fun to watch instead. Oh, yeah. And this is this is a, a stylistic inspiration that can be looked at, and it brings those other things with it. It, it. it is a packaging to bring you interest. You can look up some of the books they're talking about. There's this entire sequence where they're pulling out all of these manuals. Oh,
0: he's got the dragon book. I got that on my bookshelf next to you there with the uh, from my
1: compiler construction class. Yeah. So it's like you can look up and look into these things and it would. It gets you energized to go do that instead of spending the time to do that now. And that's right. excellent. And maybe it's just because this, it's its not my tech world that it was showing me, but it energized me about tech that I turned around and looked at the stuff on my, at my own uh, rig upstairs. And I get to call it a rig. It's fun kind of mixed with it, I, but I looked at that. I looked at the uh, the hand-soldered Arduino board I have plugged into it right now. I looked at that sort of stuff and said, ooh, you could go with this. You could keep running because I enjoyed getting to watch it with you because you had this interest in what it had been because it was showing you what you knew. And I'm like, ooh, maybe something could show me what I know the same way because I want to feel that same thing. And I was pumped alongside you in that same way.
0: And that's what I really... The benefit I really get from movies like this now or from things like, you know, the pirates of Silicon Valley is it makes me step back from these tools that I now stare at hours and hours every single day. And it makes me step back and recognize or remember these are part of a culture and a culture that did a lot for and to the world and was a big part of so many people's lives. That's exciting. And it reminds me of how it made me feel. You know, another Twitter conversation I was having recently talking about, I want a computer that makes me feel the way the early or the first uh, Apple power Books made me feel because they just seemed like these world changing things. And every once in a while, I need to step back and remember,
1: yeah, technology can be fun and cool. The technology is what is allowing these people to express themselves in a culture they have built as a group. And they do so with respect and interest in the things they've got there and being able to step back and say, there are all these devices letting me be me. And these devices are wonderful. It's so fun. And there's a certain amount of of competence porn
0: in this, which is a cool, I didn't, that's not my coinage, but it's true. There's something fun about watching stories that involve people who are the best at whatever it is they're doing. It takes a good writer to then still have some, some challenges for these people, but it is fun. Even if they're not depicting it realistically, we're still following people who, based upon what they're doing and their attitude and other people's reaction to them, they are the best. I mean, there's nobody better than Crash Override and Acid Burn, And now the world needs their
1: skills at their very top. It's going to take me five minutes to get into that system. Well, I'll help you, and we'll do it in four. And I'll join in, and we'll do it in three. It's like, that's not how this works, but I'm pumped with you. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yes, do it. Yeah, every, everybody knows
0: that the more people you put on a computer problem, the less time it takes to solve. Sure absolutely no that's really not how the math works
1: but but by the time they're using those lines you're with them because they've shown they're being the best and you can kind of just acknowledge okay they're the best and now the drama comes into the implementation i love that
0: and so much of those final action scenes are about giving themselves the space and the temporary security to be the best to use those skills how good they are at hacking and their ability to hack the Gibson and get into the computer at the oil company, none of that's any good if they don't have enough uninterrupted time at a computer hooked up to a landline so that they can actually can make connections to it and, and do what they need to do. And that's what the action scene is about, is giving them the time and space to do what they can do better than anyone else. And that takes
1: a lot of machinations, which gives us a story. In many ways, we were talking earlier about how this is a story about the people and the human interaction there, and that's a big thing we see because on the enemy's side, they've got a hacker, who is actually this corrupt evil guy, who is in some ways the most brilliantly overblown character ever. Fisher
0: Stevens is really having fun and chewing scenery, and he's great in that part. He
1: is amazing. He is delightful. But the fact that he is also shown to be highly computer competent... He is right up there on their level. So he is an, an equal fighter. But the way they actually beat him is with the social aspects. The It's in the place I put that thing that time is the way they, me- they send a message to move one thing to another. Yelling, you know, this is all garbage. It's all yeah. garbage. They're trashing.
0: They're trashing Hacking. us. They're yeah. trashing our oh, rights. Yeah. And trashing, that is a hacker term of art. Diving through trash cans and dumpsters to find printouts. Any hacker would
1: know what trashing means at the time. And it's because so he, it's he like tossed the di- a disc into a trash can and his friend goes and digs it out and finds it. The entirety of the way they buy the time to escape the cops is by hooking two phones together so that all the cops run to the wrong place, which is not about the tech aspect as much as it is the social aspect of knowing where they're going to go and knowing how much physical time that's going to buy you. There's a lot of knowing the people. That lets them do it. They hack the people to be able to then hack the planet. Yeah. And that's the fun part of it because if these characters were sitting there only doing the computer stuff, it wouldn't be as interesting. You wouldn't have the story, but it's also, it really does in an almost cheesy way, turn it into the power of friendship wins the day because the fact that they're a unit and a group of friends and a group that can understand each other is what is the motivating driving force to their to their victory at the end
0: and they do even expand that world beyond that because at the end they need more than just their little core group of new york city hackers they need an army so they go to these other characters they met these kind of stereotypical flamboyantly androgynous asian guys with a a youtube channel before there was youtube they've got this like satellite tv show
1: oh goodness you're right
0: and they are tastemakers and and culture influencers And they help with with them and and Emmanuel Goldstein going to them, help get the message out that at a certain time, a certain place, essentially what they're setting up is a non automated distributed denial of service attack. And that they've got people around the globe all trying to hit this Gibson computer at the oil company at the same time, giving the oil company security people too much to deal with at once so that our super hackers in New York can without uh, as much interference, get in and get the evidence that's needed and uh, reveal the bad guy's plan and stop the virus from turning over these uh, oil tankers. But it is kind of a cool scene. Of course, we get the scene of the message going out from our uh, video celebrities and then people all over the world talking in in Chinese and Japanese and German and Italian and everything else. Um, booting up their computers and their seedy little cafes and connecting them to the phone lines and hacking the Gibson from around the world,
1: and closing their pagers and plugging things in. And it's a fun little montage.
0: Yeah. Again, ridiculous, but so much
1: fun. Oh yeah. And oh my goodness, it, I mean, that the by the time that's happening, you're, you're cheering. It is a movie that can get your butt to the edge of the seat in a way that I didn't expect. And it always does it for me. Even, even when I've seen it so many times. And I've gone back and watched this over and over, actually, and it's fun.
0: Sounds like we are getting to. We, we've already answered our other question, which we answered on, mm-hmm. an, on our main cut podcast: screen or no screen.
1: I, I, I
0: I'm going to watch this movie again,
1: screen many times. The, screen. This is a movie that is so fun. I would. This is a movie that is screen it. Screen it on your best computer at the highest settings you can to make it feel crazy. Screen <laughs> it on. An old TV that you put that you you know rewire up so that you can be able to broadcast into off of an HDMI converting to to component or whatever. Do do something, make this a fun thing. Enjoy an experience of this, because this is a movie you can watch, but this is a movie you'll want to feel. Screening in low-res VGI, VGA QuickTime. Oh, goodness. Yeah, how, can you compress this onto a floppy? Can we, can we figure <laughs> out how to compress the entire movie on a floppy?
0: There was, uh, that's what we were trying to figure out. We were trying to do the math uh, oh, yeah. while we were waiting for the movie to start, during the, the really fun pre-roll uh, at the Alamo. We were trying to figure out, okay, maybe this floppy contains a copy of the movie. What resolution and frame rate could you possibly use to get this feature film on, the, on this floppy disk
1: in like a, a QuickTime file? It would not be very watchable. I'm just realizing, I don't think we've got this on DVD, Dad. We don't. We have got to fix that because I don't want I I don't know if there's easter eggs but if there's any DVD that has easter <laughs> eggs on it it better be this one.
0: Yes, that would be cool. If you pull up the, the disk directory in a terminal as opposed to just going through the DVD menus, you get something else. We've got to We've got to yeah, check about we've this. We've got to get
1: this on DVD. You're right. You're right. Yeah, this is this is a fun movie and it will get you it will get you energized and it'll hopefully get you to step back from your computer and device and enjoy what those can mean to you a little bit more. Go
0: into it knowing it has no more to do with ar- with, with with computer technology and hacking than our Indiana Jones has to do with archaeology or Star Wars has to do with space flight. This is just the setting in which they're telling this adventure story. You accept that at the beginning and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. But by all means, go ahead and watch it. I certainly will again.
1: And when you come on back to your devices after awing at them after this movie, we... Would like to thank you for having come to us to be able to, f- to find it, or having come to us knowing about this movie and wanting to hear about what we think of it. Because we're happy that the computers are allowing us to talk to you, and we enjoy that fact.
0: That's right. This would not have been imaginable in 1995. Yeah, you know, this idea of uh, of this network of uh, of audio and video programming we've got now. But thank you very much for listening, uh, as always. And of course, if you're listening to this, thank you very much for supporting. You can always find us at immproject.com, which will link you to any of our regular podcast episodes as well as uh, contact information and other things. But, uh, again, you can reach us through Patreon, of course. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, by Matthew Porter or
1: online at MatthewFPorter.com. And you can find me on Twitter as ItemCrafting. If, if you listen to this, uh, you know, toss us a hashtag hack HackThePlanet and we'll say hi. <laughs> We'd love to hear that. So thank you for your support.